Wedgwood Christian Services is a place where hope and healing meet. As you navigate life's challenges, know that you are not alone. Hi, I'm Hillary Kirkendall, Marketing and Communications Coordinator for Wedgwood Christian Services, and these are the stories of real people who work at, learn from, and grow through the nationally accredited, faith-based nonprofit. These are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations. This week's Wedgwood Coffee Break Conversation is a very special one. We are excited to share a conversation with someone who has experienced our life-changing grace-filled care firsthand. This conversation, hosted by Wood TV8's Miranda, with former Wedgwood resident Dr. Wendy Miller, was recorded live at Wedgwood's 61st anniversary celebration. Wendy shares how the treatment and care she received at Wedgwood helped her discover her wings and soar into a future full of hope and possibility. At this time, we have someone with us today who actually experienced Wedgwood as a teenager. She lived in our residential program. When she left our program, she went on to marry, have children. She is currently the mother of five, the grandmother of three, and she's an ER doctor. Please join me in welcoming Dr. Wendy Miller. Welcome, Wendy. I'm so excited to have you here today, having the chance to chat with you a little earlier. I know that this group is eager to hear your story. So tell me about Wendy as a teenager. Okay. It's so long ago now. <laughs> I know, but I want you to go back a little yes. bit. Um, so I, I actually was uh, what you'd call a troubled teenager around the age of 10 or 11. I'd started running away from home, had dealt with a lot of issues. I had a mother who was mentally ill, had suffered some sexual abuse, but mostly was just very poor at handling um, life changes as an adolescent and began running away, experimenting with drugs, got in a lot of trouble, um, was taken out of school and put in various placements by the time I was 12 um, and went through a variety of group homes, foster homes, the juvenile system and mental hospitals actually um, would be someplace for 30 days, 60 days, get sent back home for a week, go somewhere else. So it was a very chaotic time. And uh, eventually I had made my way into the state system, became a ward of the state, and was placed at Wedgwood. So I went into what was then called 1245 Lake Drive and uh, started at their open program. So what were your first impressions of Wedgwood as this kid who'd kind of seen a lot of things and been a lot of places? Yeah, um, you know, when I, I remember arriving there and thinking it was one of the nicest places I had been. 1245 was the open program. It was a beautiful house. And uh, there was some TV show back then um, with a bunch of girls who lived in a, you know, like uh, some kind of a sorority house maybe for teenagers, but I tried to do that in my head, think that this was it, I was finally gonna be like a normal kid and I was living in this, like a, a boarding school house or something. So I thought it was gonna be great and um, I very much noticed that the staff were different than any place I'd been before. I, it was um, not like the same type of um, military, or I don't know, just it wasn't all discipline, it was a lot of caring that you just didn't experience in a lot of placements back then. 
So it was, it was very different than what I was used to. I was used to being shuffled around. I could come in, find out you know, what the schedule is, what, how you get in and out of locked doors, what time you eat. But this was a whole different experience. It was like moving into a home. So, um. so it wasn't all rosy. <laughs> it you, sounds great, doesn't it? You may have run away once or twice. You may have gotten kicked out of Wedgwood, but you came back. Why? Uh, I actually got kicked out of 1245 not long after I got there. As wonderful as it was, that was kind of a, a theme of mine, was self-sabotage. Anything that seemed like it was going to turn around and go well, it, it quickly fell apart. So I, I did get kicked out, and um, my state worker told me that there was really no place left that I could go, that no place would take a, a, a you know, problem like me. Um, so I had to write and ask the people at Wedgwood to take me back. And I wrote letters and begged and said I would do anything, and I meant it. I think I was still 14 at the time. And somehow they agreed to take me back into the lockup, which was then called Kentwood Girls Lockup. And so I started over uh, you know, through that program. But it actually was probably the first thing before I got back, I remember laying there and crying and praying, because Wedgwood was one of the first places where I learned about people actually just praying outside of church, that you can just talk to God anywhere. And I begged God to get me back there. And so when I got the news that I was coming back, I was so grateful, and I thought, I'm going to get there, and this time I'm going to do it right. And that was, that was something new to me that I did have. Instead of running away from something, I had something I wanted to get to. And getting back there was it. And you got back, and things changed a bit. What, what was sort of that turning point? Was there anything when you think back where there was that moment where you were like, yeah. I wish I could say there was. I will tell you that I got back, and I did work hard. Um, I managed to get through the locked program and back to 1245, where I first came. Um, and I learned so much, and I, I was touched by so many people, and I, I really learned to trust adults and, and see Christians as not something foreign and, you know, Christianity as being something that I thought would be unattainable for a person like me. But um, it was a lot of little seeds that were sown, not like a sudden transformation. Uh, I never did finish the whole program. I left again under, you know, not great circumstances. Uh, did go to a couple other placements. I actually was fortunate that one of the uh, youth care workers took me in as a foster kid because there wasn't any place else to go. They told me I would have been in an institution until I was 21 and aged out of everything until this wonderful woman and her husband took me in. But um, I suffered a lot of setbacks. It was you know, one step forward, two back, and then sometimes three forward and only two back for a long time after that. But it was a change because of all those things that I saw in the people and the things I wanted to have in my life and going forward to have as part of um, what my children would experience, uh, a Christian upbringing and a place full of love and acceptance and a, no, a knowledge that you, you matter and that you're important. And, so I, I, that's my answer. And you know, they, they talk about grace-filled care. You're living proof. It was grace-filled care. It wasn't just care. Right. There were some people who touched your life in a way that was so profound that you still have contact with them today. Okay. Tell me about some of the Wedgwood staff that still works and impacts you and your husband and your kids. Yes. So I always tell um, Virginia Jansen was a youth care worker when I was at the lockup, um, Kentwood Girls Lockup. And uh, she, she was probably only in her early 20s and dealing with us. And 
um, somehow she was somebody that I really um, connected with and it wasn't always a positive thing. We had what was called a house riot and I actually threw pool walls or, and hit her with a pool cue. Um, but managed to overcome these things. And so she uh, prayed for me a lot and made me a plaque that I still have to this day that said, press on. And so that verse got me through so much in life and Virginia and um, the time that I spent with her and seeing how she lived her life as a Christian just really inspired me. So we kept in touch throughout the years after I got out of Wedgwood, um, became friends actually. And uh, I carried that press on, you know, towards that goal that I knew the Lord was calling me and I, I had faith in it. So Virginia um, is still a very good friend of mine. Actually, last night when I flew into town for this, I went and visited her and her husband. My husband, um, you know, he's heard about Virginia for years and just her faith was something that I still try to model. Um, remarkably, my oldest daughter, I think, has Virginia somehow that same ability to just connect with God and find a way to take that connection and share it with somebody around them. Virginia was like the face of God in, in my life at that time. And so um, she's just been amazing and just a true role model all of her life. Every, every struggle she had, she was open about. But the way that she relied on God's you know, instruction, God's wisdom, and, God's, and just the faith that she had in God that it would all work out. And and it does, even if it takes, you know, 20 years for some of us, rather than a couple of months in, in care. So Virginia has been very, very much a part of my life. And there was another staff member that I was close with, um, Sandy, who took me in as a foster child. Her and her husband were newlyweds, and he was a pastor, and they lived in the parsonage of a church um, after she left Wedgwood. So she and her husband took me in and let me live there with them as a foster child so that I could get out of, you know, the system that was and uh, we continued to have daily devotion something I'd never heard of in my life and went to church there at the uh, reformed church that he was he was serving and just really found a whole new dynamic of living in a household like a, a regular community household that was Christian and and gave me something else to kind of model my family after later so those people were amazing I look at you and I see success, I see confidence, I see a woman who appreciates the journey. Yeah. What would you say to teenagers today, many who feel hopeless, lost, people have given up on them, they don't know what's next? Yeah, you know, I think the first thing is, I think back and it's, you know, whatever happened to you or whatever you did that got you here, that those things, do not define you, and that Wedgwood, being placed at Wedgwood is like such a blessing that, that God is giving you uh, tools and people around you that are going to open doors that never would have happened. So the worst possible thing, as bad as it feels, now has turned into something good, and to take that and, you know, as, as hard as it is sometimes, because I know I was very defiant and, and you know, wouldn't have probably listened to myself when I was this, when I was their age. But that, you know, just, just take this and let it seep in because someday this is all going to be so valuable to you. It will get you through unbelievable challenges and, and lead to great things. Well, I want you to look out at the room. We have tables and tables of people who are here that probably share my heart that's like, someday I want someone to say, I remember looking at her and thinking, that's the face of God. What would you say to our donors tonight? I just want to thank so many of you. Um, 
you have no idea what a difference this is. I really did spend years in placements where you couldn't, you were scared to be left in the room alone with a male staff member. And the girls that I was with at Kenwood, that was one of the things we would talk about, was we couldn't believe that these men would take care of you and, and we weren't scared. We, we, didn't, we weren't worried about there being any accosting of you or anything. Um, but the fact that not only that, the fact that we had these Christian people who could say they were Christians and serve us when at the time I remember you couldn't go to school and you know they were taking away prayer groups and schools and things. I don't know how this works. I don't know how it happened that I was so fortunate to end up there. But that this is a very unique place and that the people, all of you who are doing this, you are changing the lives of people for generations to come. Because had I not been at Wedgwood, had I not experienced that, I would not have been able to raise my children in a Christian household. I now have grandchildren. I have a grandson graduating from a Christian high school down in Florida this year. Um, it's just the things that I experienced and that I was blessed with, now I was able to give to my five kids. I, my daughter's worked in missions, and she tries to share God's love with everybody. So you're just exponentially you know, spreading out love that would not probably reach some of these people in other ways. I mean, I, I didn't know Christians. I would not have ended up in church on my own. I surely would not have been sitting up here um, and able to, you know, look successful and feel successful and, and actually be successful had I not been given so much from Wedgwood. So thank you. And I, I, I'm just, I feel like I'm fortunate to be able to sit here and tell you that, yes, what you do works and it matters and it, it's, it's the greatest blessing ever. Um, and I, I, I myself hope to be able to give somehow in a way that Wedgwood can impact another you know, generation of people that are suffering. You certainly are. Thank you so much. Dr. Wendy Miller, thank you. What a powerful story. We are so grateful for Dr. Wendy Miller sharing her heart, her experience, and her hope. And for Wood TV8's Miranda for hosting this wonderful conversation. Wendy is one of thousands of lives that has been transformed through Wedgwood's care, and the generous support of donors makes it all possible. You can have a meaningful impact on the lives of children, teens, families, and adults who are struggling by supporting Wedgwood. Head to our website to make a gift today. Special thanks to Dr. Wendy Miller, Miranda, and Creative Day Technologies for making this episode of Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversation possible. Curious about our services? Visit us at wedgwood.org, W-E-D-G-W-O-O-D, and find us on our social media at wedgwoodcs, or shoot us an email at hello at wedgwood.org. We would love to be a part of your story. Until next time, these are Wedgwood's Coffee Break Conversations.